You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 365, Emotional Intelligence and the Fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we've been working through the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to read the list in a minute, and just talking about how developing these fruit in our lives will help us become more emotionally mature, will develop our emotional intelligence, and will help us to keep our emotions under control. And these are things we all need to have a successful life. So the list that we're working from, and I'm going to read you two lists. I'm going to read you one bad and then one good. But you'll see the uh, the way these two lists contrast each other and how important it is to develop the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So this is from Galatians 5, 19 to 24. Now the works of the flesh, these are the bad ones, are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, <clears throat> jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the good ones, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, <clears throat> excuse me, as we've been talking through these lists, this list, um, the first three that we dealt with were love, joy, and peace. And again, we're talking about the context of leadership. We're talking about the context of developing our emotional intelligence. And so um, it's not hard to see how these things can help your, help your emotional intelligence by developing, becoming a more loving person, a more joyful person, a more peaceful person. Um, we also talked about uh, patience, kindness, and goodness. But what about in the workplace? As a leader, how do you develop these things? And so if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I really recommend you go back and listen to them as well. Today, we're going to deal with the last three. And those are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. You know, even this little section of scripture we've read from Galatians is written by the Apostle Paul. And if you want to get a, a kind of a big overview of Paul's ministry, 
the Acts of the Apostles is the book for you. In the New Testament, it's the fifth book after the four Gospels, and it's the history of the early church. It records basically the first 30 years of the early church. And the, the two primary apostles are the ones that we deal with in the book, and they're the ones that are dealt with in Acts, and that is the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul. And so this is, this is one of those books that really should be on the bookshelf of any Christian if you want to um, do a deeper dive into the book of Acts. The book of Acts is exciting. It's not dry history. It's, excuse me, jam-packed full of great stories that sh- show how Christianity spread from Jerusalem all the way to uh, Rome itself. So by all means, check out Peter and Paul and Acts. You will love it. All right, well, jumping in, we're going to talk about faithfulness. You know, when we're talking about faithfulness, this is an interesting one because, especially in the context of leadership, we know that loyalty um, really is a two-way street. There's no question about that. Loyalty is a two-way street, and often as leaders, we expect our people to be loyal, but we don't want to show them the same loyalty. And for people... Um, you know, we expect the company to show us loyalty or the organization or the church or whatever to show us loyalty, <clears throat> but maybe we don't feel that we need to show loyalty to them. So like I say, loyalty is a two-way street. And when we talk about faithfulness, this is part of what we're talking about. I mean, obviously, in today's work environment, corporate turnover, people jumping from job to job is a normal thing. I actually had uh, lunch today with a young man who had been working for the same company for um, over 10 years, and, and that's unheard of in today's job market. But he said, you know, I probably could make a little more money by jumping to another place, but, you know, these people treat me right. Um, there's some great perks, great benefits, and um, really I don't think I'd be able to, to to replace what I would lose even if I made more money. And I thought, you know, what a great and mature attitude to have. But um, faithfulness, how does this work in the the, the, the leadership environment? How can leaders demonstrate faithfulness? Um, you know, there's, there is a, 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 a understanding that if you're a leader, there has to be a loyalty to the organization. Uh, I mean, they're the ones that are paying your salary, and they're, they're the ones that have promoted you into that position of leadership. But there's also that, that, that understanding that there's a loyalty to the people to take care of them, to stand up for them, to make sure that they are being taken care of as well. And I'm sure you've worked for those people who, who are only out for themselves. And if it means, you know, throwing you to the wolves, they'll do that in a heartbeat. But, you know, I've been very fortunate in my life to work for some leaders who um, stood up for their people, even um, if it ended up uh, not being so good for them. I actually worked for a chief of police who was ordered by the uh, local county government to fire two police officers for something they had done. And it really wasn't that huge of a thing. Um, and the police department had already dealt with it. They had already you know, issued their disciplinary actions, but it wasn't enough for the county government. They wanted these two Officers fired, and the uh, chief of police went in into a meeting within the county commission and said that he wasn't going to do it, and they fired him. And he knew that. He knew going in he was probably going to lose his job, but in his mind, he was willing to stand up for his people. He was going to show faithfulness to them and do the right thing. Now, we can 
you know, Monday morning quarterback that and go, well, was it really worth it, him losing his job? He was a great leader. The organization lost a great leader, you know. But for him, it was the principle of standing up for his two people. And so that was faithfulness. And that was, you know, one of those things that was years and years and years ago. But those who were around still remember that because it required a great amount of faithfulness, um, not to the organization per se, but to the people in the organization. And like we said, it requires both. So faithfulness. Um, Let's move on and talk about gentleness. Gentleness. Gentleness is an an interesting one because we don't often think of leadership as, as being... Um, a gentle art, um, but gentleness is a, a characteristic, an attitude that we really all should have in our lives. It's something we should all strive for. But if you're in any kind of leadership position, gentleness is one of those things that you have to develop. You know, the opposite of gentleness, I would say, is heavy-handed, putting pressure on people, putting them on guilt trips, Putting on sh- putting shame on people if if they don't do you know what you want them to do, as opposed to dealing with them gently the way that you would want to be dealt with. And you know, understanding that <clears throat> you know people are all dealing with different things. You know, they have lives outside of their job, surprisingly, and you know people are dealing with relationship issues. They're dealing with kid issues. They're dealing with financial issues. They're dealing with health issues. And as, as the boss, we understand that you know that's that's you know, their, their personal life, and we should they shouldn't be dragging it into work. But at the same time, we understand that as people, it's hard to totally disengage um, our different worlds. And so as leaders, we need to be gentle. We need to be understanding. We need to have um, a, a, a true sense of compassion in dealing with people. Um, that gentleness in dealing with people is going to go a long way and is going to be remembered for years to come. Um, when you take care of your people and treat them right. And, and like we said, the opposite of that is heavy-handedness, you know, when you're, um, you know, I'm the boss. If you ever have to remind people of your rank, you've already lost. Um, you've already lost the, the, the battle, whatever it is. Um, there was somebody else in the police department, and, you know, if his subordinates weren't immediately jumping on board for one of his grand ideas, he would, you know, tap his badge and go, what does my badge say? And, you know, whether it was sergeant, lieutenant, major, whatever, um, you know, essentially what he was reminding him of was he was the boss and it was going to be his way or the highway. And, you know, if that's the way you have to lead, I think you've already lost the situation. Um, But gentleness goes a long way. Um, There's even a verse in Proverbs that says a gentle word turns away wrath. And oftentimes a gentleness can be used to diffuse situations can bring situations back under control and really can let people know again that you care. It's a great way to, <clears throat> you know, one description has been exerting formal influence or ex- exerting influence with, without asserting formal authority. Exerting influence without asserting formal authority. So this is a huge part of being gentle, developing a gentle attitude. And then the third one is self control. Learning to lead with self-control. You want to develop your emotional intelligence? You want to be a better leader? Develop self-control. Self-control is that thing that so many leaders lack. So many people have shot themselves in the foot, have committed career suicide 
because they didn't have self-control. And I'm not talking about lower-level leaders all the time. I'm also talking about high-level leaders. I've seen high-level leaders in in high positions of authority, and you've seen it uh, maybe in political in the political realm, where where leaders have have sabotaged their careers for a lack of self-control. The the idea of self-control of of being able to treat people the way that you would want to be treated. Um, you know, I remember in the police department, every year they would have, you know, some type of uh, sexual harassment training. And I always laughed, you know, it was like a three-hour block of training. And and I remember telling one of the instructors, I said, I could, you know, really teach this in like five minutes. And, and you know, of course, that bristled their, their uh, uh, feathers and they said, well, you know, who are you to say that? What, what, what are you talking about? And I said, well, essentially what you're saying over three hours is don't say anything you wouldn't want said to you, your wife, your sister, your mother, your brother, whatever, whatever your gender is. You wouldn't want some, something said. Uh, you wouldn't want to say something that, that you wouldn't want said to them. And also, you need to keep your hands to yourself. And they stood there for a minute and they said, well, yeah, that pretty, pretty much does kind of sum it up. Um, and, you know, really that is, it's, it's, that's the essence of self-control. But yet so many times people, um, you know, shoot themselves in the foot. There's a verse in Proverbs that says this, Proverbs 29, 11, a fool <laughs> gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Isn't that interesting? Um, let's see what it says in the New Living Translation. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. And I've seen people vent their anger, and then they're surprised when they don't get promoted. Um, I've seen people vent their anger and then surprised when they get a bad evaluation. Uh, you know, self-control is, and I, and I love the fact that when you look at this list of fruit, Love is number one, and self-control is, is the last one, because self-control ties everything together. You know, people, people today seem to have, um, there just seems to be a lack of control of emotions, uh, people venting on social media, but social media is not real. And so they feel that, because they can vent on social media, that they can also vent in real life. And the problem is it doesn't work that way. Your boss is not going to appreciate it. Your spouse is not going to appreciate it. Your friends, your coworkers aren't going to appreciate it. So this lack of emotional self-control ultimately ends in, in career suicide for people. I've seen people who, who, who literally um, put themselves into a position that they would never get out of because they just simply couldn't keep their mouth shut. Uh, people who could probably get promoted and do a pretty good job never, ever would be promoted in an organization because they were also the person who was constantly criticizing the leadership, constantly venting a negative opinion. And, you know, there's a time and a place to, you know, share what you think. But if you're the guy who's always venting your anger and you're the guy who's always saying what's wrong, you can't be surprised when it comes back to bite you in the butt. So leading with self-control. Self-control in how we deal with others. Uh, self-control and how we treat members of the opposite sex, 
Um, this is, again, this is one that people get in so much trouble for because they say something, they make that off-color joke, they make that, 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 that comment that could be taken as sexist or sexual harassment or they can't keep their hands to themselves, and then boom, they find themselves out of a job or worse. Self-control. It's an amazing thing. In fact, parents, if you want to really be a good parent, one of the primary things you should teach your children is self-control. This is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your children is the gift of self-control. However, you have to work it into them. If, if you believe in spanking, great. If you believe in timeouts, great. If you believe in taking privileges away from them, whatever it is. But the greatest gift you can give your children, aside from you know a faith in Jesus, is self-control. Because Growing up with self-control is going to set them up for success in their lives. All right, so just a quick recap. First week, we dealt with love, joy, and peace, and how important those are for a leader. Caring for your people, um, joy, keeping things light, being able to laugh at yourself, creating a workplace, an environment in which is not toxic or tense, but there's a spirit of joy there. People are having able to work and have fun. Um, leading with peace. You know, bringing a spirit of peace instead of a, a spirit of dissension that we talked about earlier in the, the bad list. Um, creating an atmosphere where people feel peaceful. The very, that, listen, the, the leader creates that. That's not just, that doesn't happen by accident. Then we talked about leading with patience. Um, maybe teaching someone a new skill bearing with people's faults, um, helping people to um, learn how to do things the right way, training them, uh, but also understanding that people aren't perfect, developing a spirit of patience, leading with kindness, treating people right, gen gen generous, friendly, at considerate, treating people well, acts of kindness. And then we talked about leading with goodness, um, an uprightness of heart and life. Um, the leader should really set the example for what they want from their team. You want your team to act the right way and to treat each other well and to treat the customers well? Well, if you don't treat your, your uh, employees well, how can you expect them to treat each other or the customers well? And then today we talked about faithfulness, um, loyalty as, as leaders. How can we demonstrate loyalty and faithfulness to our, 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 the people that we're leading? Gentleness, not, not being heavy-handed. You know, not using pressure or guilt, but uh, being able to exert influence just by a gentle word, a soft-spoken word even sometimes. And then the last one is self-control. Just controlling our emotions, controlling our words, keeping our hands to ourselves, all these little things that will set us up for success. And also we just said, listen, you want to help your kids? Teach them self-control. Well, that wraps up this series <clears throat> on uh, developing our emotional intelligence and the fruit of the Holy Spirit and how they work together. I hope it's been helpful, and I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. <clears throat> Excuse me. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Also, make sure you click on the resource highlight because I know it will be a blessing for you. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.